Well, well, guess what time of year it is, everybody? Is it should and will time? It should will time. Buckle up your should wills, because here comes... <laughs> Strap that safety harness on your good wills. Doug and I just grabbed for the microphone the yeah. uh, the headset. Uh, we're wearing headsets. Uh, volume yeah, levels. Yeah, we got cans mm-hmm. on, because we're professionals who modulate. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to get mine just right. I yeah. feel it modulated. I want Graham to talk some more before oh, we yeah. decide on get, the level. Get that level right. I'll go big now so you know that these are the top ends of Graham Elwood's dub voice. We do a lot of yelling during this annual <laughs> Oscar episode. It's episode 408. Oh, put that in your bucket, huh? Mm-hmm. 408, should will? You know, before we get started, I think we should take care of some business because we're going to forget it if we don't. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we would forget all of it. Let's uh, let's talk about our Patreon sponsors. <gasps> yes. I love them. The Audacity Performing Arts Project is a nonprofit working to bring after-school performing arts projects programs to public schools. Their primary goal is to serve those schools who cannot afford the services. Now they rely on community donations, so CFN fans who support Audacity with a $25 donation, normally 30 will receive an amazing Audacity t-shirt. CFNAudacityPerformingArts.org to learn more. CFNAudacityPerformingArts.org to learn more. And also SupplyAndDemandInvesting.com because planning for retirement should be as easy as planning your next vacation. It just takes longer. SupplyAndDemandInvesting.com. That's the $50 Patreon level. Isn't that? You guys go mm-hmm. to Patreon.com slash Comedy Film Nerds. We'll read your URL. We'll support your business and or charitable or- organization. Or you can pay us $50 a month just to say something like, uh, whatever, Wingbird website you got us to promote. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got a weird blog no one's reading? <laughs> yeah. Why, why not invest in it? <laughs> it makes perfect sense. <laughs> um, I'll make this quick announcement. Uh, starting March 9th, FNX Comedy Experience, the show I am directing and producing and hosting, uh, starts airing on FNX. So if you go to fnx.org slash comedy, um, you can see if it's airing in your area. And also, we still have six more episodes. And starting in March, on March 9th, we start shooting on Friday nights out in the beautiful San Bernardino. Uh-huh. So get yourself out to the dirty Dino. Um, <laughs> this past episode, we just had Pete Lee and Kevin Avery and Laura Hernandez and Matt Baca. It was pretty cool. Pete Lee uh, closed out the show. He was just on The Tonight Show, and his clip went viral. His Tonight Show clip got 8 million views. Oh, that's great. So Pete Lee's. So it's been... Uh, so it's fun. So if you come out March 9th, you'll see James Mane uh, making his TV debut as a stand-up comic. He's been on TV as an actor. But it's also will be the first time a Samoan uh, comedian has appeared doing stand-up comedy on television in North America. How about that? How about that? But not Wait, in Samoa. The Rock doesn't count? He doesn't do stand-up <laughs> comedy. He does eyebrow comedy. He's, yeah. he's the best eyebrow comic working. Yeah, what's uh, weird, we're not going to be talking about any of his movies tonight. What? He didn't get nominated? Isn't that weird? Did I look at the list wrong? That's crazy. I thought Jumanji might sneak some sort of uh, tech uh, credit or something. They probably have have a pretty sweet song over the end. (laughs) Welcome to the jungle. Like when you... (laughs) When you vow to try to watch every nominated movie like I do every year, uh, original song will really make you watch some shit. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like you it's, always have to watch. Uh, there's always two or three movies in there that got nominated for nothing else. Yeah. Then original song. <laughs> then original song. Especially if it's a musical, because you know, no matter how bad the musical is, there's going to be w- at least one song and nominated. If for they've it. only nominated for that thing, it's always like a hard. I couldn't track some of these down in the theaters. You know, like no. because they're. 
So let's introduce our guest, if you haven't guessed. Oh, <laughs> it's Dr. Shouldwill himself, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. Doug it's Benson. It's like, if it's the first time you've ever heard this show, then you probably might not know who I am. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, if you've been listening, every year we get together. This is our 17th Oscar prediction <laughs> yes. episode. And... Uh, this is the first time out of the garage. I don't know how I feel about that. I, really, I know, I in really a real like, studio. Uh, you know, it's something about a garage really makes you... Uh, uh, Think about your choices. Yeah, your predictions are really uh, insightful and incisive. Well, I have to... I, the thing I've got, I've started to remember now is people who are, have only... like the, Every time there's a comic on who hasn't been on the show since we've moved... So we moved like a little less than a year ago. So the last time you were on was this time last year. So it was about March or so last year we moved into the ATC studios. And I always forget. So I made a point of texting people saying, oh, you're also going to be on camera because I've had some people show up, either women are not in makeup or guys are in like flip-flops and a tank. Oh, I'm clearly camera ready. Doug Benson (laughs) is polished up and ready for the high-def YouTube cameras that they have here. (laughs) It's intense. We look like ghosts. Our skin is very white. Welcome to the very white all, Oscar pot nomination. All very show. white things comedy. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag all things comedy so white. <laughs> oh, they got Pete Lee. Yeah, Pete Lee's. In. I know, not Pete Lee. <laughs> Pete Lee. Wow. Well, they all look alike. I mean, all those have, Lees. They all, they're all the same. Is there a difference? Uh, that would be Robert Lee. Bobby Lee. <laughs> oh my God, that'd be so. I, if I ever see him again, because you know, uh. is this, if his middle name is Edward, then you gotta call him Robert E. Lee. Like you have to, you have to do that. Just calling him Robert seems so funny. Uh, yeah, he's the least formal. Calm down, Robert. Put Rob- a shirt on, Robert. Robert, please do not put your penis on my shoulders. Stop <laughs> touching me with your dick, Robert. All right. Let's 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 jump cut, right in. Cut let's the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Enough of this goddamn. We got a, we got twenty four categories yeah. and got a, a lot of ground short to cover. Time to get, get there. there. <laughs> We're gonna do what they say can't be done. <laughs> Watch old bandit. <laughs> well, let's start at the bottom of the list. Run! Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna go home and kick your mama in the butt. Um, <laughs> oh, Jerry Reed, rest in peace. <laughs> Hang on to your ass, friend. Snowman! <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, short short film. film. Animated. Doug, pop in here. What's your problem? <laughs> what's your, what's, what is wrong what, what with you? What the hell have you been Why doing? Why did you... I watched all five of these suckers. Have you seen any of them, Chris? I have not. I know uh, Graham has not seen any I of them. I always pick one. It's always hard for me to see both. I always see, So this year I saw live action. You yeah. saw them in the theater, though, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, so Revolting Rhymes is like a cute, uh, slash dark, uh, it's based on a roll doll thing where he combined, uh, uh, three little pigs and, right. uh, uh, Goldilocks, no, not Goldilocks, uh, you know, just three of those, Sleeping Beauty and, uh, and a Little Red Riding Hood. And it's, you know, it's, uh, it's fairly charming and clever and, and, uh, you know, fun for adults because it's you know got some violent parts. Uh, Negative space is a, a interesting. Um, uh, it's from a, another country. I forget which one, so it has subtitles. But it's basically just about uh, 
a boy and his dad and how how you know how they bond and then it's one of those ones that has like kind of a punchline at the end Ooh. which I've talked to people on the internet about how some people are like they don't like that and other people uh, enjoy it so I don't that's not what I look for in a in a short in fact shorts that I'll just lead up to some sort of payoff I, I don't like that because I want to be entertained through, throughout yeah and not just be watching setup 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 mm-hmm. boom there's the thing. Because if you're going to do that... One then, long joke. Well, yeah, then it mm-hmm. should just be less than three minutes, and then it's just a sketch. Get to it quicker, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but these some of these take a little while. Lou is the Pixar one, so if you're uh, you know, the person that uh, in your Oscar pool thinks that Pixar is always going to win, which they tend to, mm-hmm. uh, then that's that's that one. Lou is, Lou is short for Lost and Found. It's the L and the O and the U in Lost and Found, and it's about a playground bully being attacked by uh, that one I actually all have the seen. lost and find found items. If it's oh, a Pixar one, I've seen because you saw it before uh, Cars Three. Yes. Yeah. There you mm-hmm. go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I did not see Cars Three in the theater, so uh, I, I saw Lou in the in the shorts package that they that the shorts. You uh, know what didn't show up here? Lou. That uh, Frozen short that they pulled from Coco because people were complaining it was too long and boring. Yeah, and it was also like it felt like a uh, t- uh, like a half hour TV special. That's and what then, of it, course, well, that's, that's what, what it was. showed up a yeah. few weeks later on TV. <laughs> yeah, so it was yeah. a really weird move to uh, <laughs> stick that in front of Coco. Because mm. it is funny how people, like all the kids that go see Coco, they love Frozen, but they just could not wrap their heads around why is this Frozen thing going on and on when we Forever. did not come to see Frozen. We right. came to, It just confused the shit out of kids. And annoyed the adults. Yeah. Uh, garden party is like a kind of photorealistic, um, like a, an abandoned house has a bunch of uh, frogs in it, and uh, it's really it looks really cool. And is another one that kind of has a punchline. And then Dear Basketball is like a uh, take on me video kind of style, uh, kind of uh, sketchy or something you'd see in commercials. You know, it's like a sketch drawing that moves, mm. and it's uh, and it's what's his nuts. Um, <laughs> Uh, Kobe Bryant. Uh, uh, I'm going to talk sports for a second, you guys. Uh, <laughs> it's Kobe Bryant talking about like how much basketball meant to him, and like it's, he starts off as a child, uh, you know, that hopes that he'll be a, a basketball player one day, and then he, you know he morphs into Kobe Bryant. There's lots of uh, f- footage of him, you know, uh, dunking baskets and stuff, and it's very. It's goosebumpy. It's one of those ones that makes you feel all goosebumpy, like, oh, this guy grew up to uh, achieve his dream, mm-hmm. you know, uh, being a big basketball star and making a rape case go away. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I don't know where the Academy is going to stand on. Like, are, are people to... that all right with Kobe Bryant, or do we still... I mean, those are two things you cross <laughs> off your bucket list. Those are... <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Can you mm-hmm. vote for that movie if you think that he probably was guilty? <laughs> he paid a lot of money to make it go away, right? Yeah, That's yeah, how it did. ended? Yeah. So that doesn't make him exonerated. No. <laughs> nope. If anything, it kind of implies guilt. <laughs> it uh, makes him wealthy. Yeah. It's... So so it's a charming movie, and he, and he like produced it. So he'll get up and accept the award if he wins. So I sort of feel like uh, in the Me Too times, he, he probably won't win. Mm-hmm. So I'm going, uh, I think it should end Will for Lou. Yeah, that's what I'm going. Uh, since that's the only one I've seen, I'm going to say yes as well. <laughs> so it's an across-the-board like shortwell. I like your approach. Yeah. <laughs> the live-action shorts. All right, there's there's uh, DeKalb Elementary, which is basically – it's based on a thing that happened a year or so ago. One of the 
uh, one of the uh, this school shootings where uh, a guy came in and actually a woman in real life talked him down basically. Yeah, and he's straight up crazy. He's straight and... up, yeah. And and um, you know they say inspired by true events. I'd be curious to know how much of the actual like. Uh, did they get how much of this action? Uh, this dialogue is from the actual event itself, but it's really two really amazing actors in this short. This woman who's playing the school, she works at the school, and then the kid who's playing the shooter, who's saying it. I'm I'm sick. I'm suffering. I mean, I'm I'm. He's like basically saying I have mental illness and I can't handle this anymore. Um, and and what she has to go through that movie was really and of course very poignant because there's always there was just another shooting two weeks ago it's it's really intense and it almost feels like uh you know i couldn't i didn't necessarily keep track but it feels like they only shot everything from like two or three different angles like so it's got a very like almost like it's compressed feel to it and it's also like the it's the just the cameras that uh, security cameras i Mm. mean it's in color but it almost just feels like it, you know they just caught this thing going on, and and then you just watch it uh, uh, un, un, unwrap in and, real time. Yeah, and you feel you feel sort of how boxed in she feels, because she's just like, what is this guy going to do? But she does a great job of talking him down, and uh, you know she doesn't ever uh, try to find or use uh, her own weapon. Uh, so that's uh, admirable and nice to see at this time. Uh, but you you just saw these yeah like minutes ago mm-hmm. all right so talk talk us through the rest of them I I've seen them all too but uh, tell tell us about uh, the eleven o'clock um that's like the nuttiest one yeah that's it, like the straight up comedy and I didn't I was kind of aggravated by it more than entertained yeah it kind of felt like especially when because when you go to um, the Silent Child and my nephew Emmett are really powerful movies along with the the DeKalb Elementary. I mean, these are pretty powerful movies that have those three have very solid and amazing uh social commentary and messages. So then eleven o'clock just sort of is like okay, not that the whole category has to be heavy. It doesn't say dr- dramatic live action short, but right. when but it did sort of stand out to me eleven as just sort of not not yeah, well, uh, it's it's just about a therapist and a patient who the patient starts telling the therapist that he's a therapist, and then he sort of flips the table on him and starts, uh, you know, acting like a, you know, he's in his session, and it's a lot of wordplay and a lot of uh, kind of aggravating behavior. Sounds like a lot of <laughs> one location. Yeah. And it's the shortest one of all yeah. of those, I think. It was like it clocks in only at like 10 or 15 minutes. And um, uh, and it's well done, but it's just, to me, it was just like, especially like you're saying, it gets all this heavy shit. Uh, forget about it. I mean, my nephew Emma is like, uh, the, the way it ends is absolutely oh. devastating. It's, <laughs> and yeah, and then they go to some, it's based on a true thing. So they, they go to some real footage and that's really powerful. Mm-hmm. And it's, I won't give say any more because it's a sort of a a big reveal kind of, but it's it's that's that's a really powerful. But it's a period piece, and it's about uh, you know a black family being intimidated by white people in uh, it's the South, right? In Mississippi, yeah, in the yeah, South, yeah. in the fifties. Yeah. So it's like, and the actors are all really solid, and they it's mainly focused on this uh, older man, and uh, you know he's this 
working class dude in Mississippi in the 50s who's probably in his 70s or so, and he's very stately and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing. I mean, that, that movie is really, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a powerful film. And then you go to The Silent Child, which is another, it's about a deaf girl who has a, the, the family, she's in England, and she, the, the family hires a woman to teach her how to uh, sign and speak. And, and I won't, they really, they're, her mother really wants her to lip read because like, it's a status thing that like, she just would rather her daughter fit in by just reading people's lips than by uh, the whole family uh, having to learn, to learn sign, sign language. language. Yeah. It's really, the mother is really a self selfish kind of uh, s- scary individual, but the, the little girl, I assume the girl that plays the role is genuinely deaf. I don't yeah. know. But, uh, boy, it's really – it's just heartbreaking watching this kid, uh, you know, uh, have uh, parents that clearly don't know the, the best way to, uh, to you know, get her through her young life. And it's sort of the film – I so was one heavy one after the is, other. It is. It mm-hmm. is. And it's really well, – this brutal. one it has a big statement about um, there needs to be more uh, – they're they're like um, being deaf isn't a learning disability. Kids that are deaf aren't they don't have a learning. They just yeah. need sign. There needs to be more sign language in schools. Basically, is the message of the film, and it's really powerful. And they dr- dramatize what any family could go through. And the, and considering it's a short film, the mom, I thought they did. Considering how you know it's a short, there's not three acts to convey this, but they did a good job of sort of she is as Doug's saying she is selfish, but you see her sort of struggles as this upper crust mom trying to trying to manage this with two older kids she's got yeah she's got quote-unquote regular kids yeah and uh so it's just um you know i mean it, it makes you feel for and and uh you know understand the plight of anybody who uh has a child that's not you know 100 percent with you know anybody that has any disability it just affects everybody and there's going to be there's gonna be some parents that are bad at dealing with it, yeah, <laughs> right. and don't uh, and don't follow the advice. Like the uh, the the teacher that's trying to you know con- encourage her to continue to learn and use sign language is sort of uh, you know the family sort of treats her like you know you don't tell us what to do and you, but, you know, oh that's it's, always it's, helpful. It's it's really heartbreaking yeah. that this teacher <laughs> wow really cares about this kid and is, is doing the right thing or trying to yeah. <clears throat> these all, all of these really, I mean, not the 11 o'clock, but all these um, short films this year really felt like, you know, if you weren't completely clear what you were watching, you'd think you were watching a documentary. They're, they're very, yeah. <laughs> they're very uh, real feeling. And then the fifth one is Watu Wotu, All of Us, which is that, that's what Watu Wotu means is All of Us. And uh, that was my favorite one. Really? Yeah. Just because, uh, you know, ti- you know, timing. Mm-hmm. You know, just to see, uh, you know, people st- uh, standing up for each other. It's a, you know, it's a situation where some uh, uh, some people stand up, some Christians stand up for some Muslims in uh, Kenya. And uh, it's, um, you know, I'd say maybe it, it's the most, it's sad, but it's also up- uplifting ultimately. Where all these other ones are kind of, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the ending is kind of a gut punch. Like, you know, this things aren't necessarily going to get better for for these people yeah for me it's sort of yeah the one i think the cal elementary was my if i had to, if, if the, i think the cal elementary is going to be my should will you think it will i do because i i, I realize that votes probably already came in 
I think it's prior I to think, Florida. I, I think it uh, all the voting finished up today. I think that, that, oh. like everybody, all their ballots had to get in today. So there is a chance that Florida they could s- respond to that and be like, let's give the gun thing. But the trouble is, like a thing that I like wonder why they even give out this award on the Oscars because they just name these names that don't mean anything to people, and then they show two seconds of it. You know, they don't show real, you know, real give anybody right. a real idea what it is. And so everybody watching, and that's part of the reason we're here, is because, uh, you know, it's just an Oscar pool thing. It's just <laughs> a one where it could go, no one really is an expert on I which way it's going to go. You have to go out and you see. You have to really yes. And even if you out. see them, there's this like, yeah. uh, these are all, uh, the 11 o'clock's not going to win. That right. that yeah, we know. Yeah, yeah. But the other four are all heavy message things that, like, who knows which ones are going to resonate the most with the Academy, and who knows who's going to watch them all. Right. You know, because you could go ahead and vote without watching them, and I, and that that happens. So people just vote for like what sounds like it w- would be the best one. And what do you think, Chris? Based on everything we've said, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to vote on what I think sounds like the best one. Uh, I I and I like the title Watu Wote. <laughs> uh, all of us. I kind of like the, the. Here's why I think this should and will win is because you have these heavier categories, especially when you get into documentary features. If you have a movie that's also heavy but also has an uplifting message, I think that might garner uh, some extra votes. So that's what I. I'm so Doug, go what with. do you? What's your should will then? I'm going should will on on Watu Woto, uh, all of us. Ooh. Yeah, but I but I did you know. I did like these other ones. Like I was really, um, you know, pleased with the program. I thought it was yeah. interesting to watch them all. And even eleven o'clock is not bad. It just, it, it was put in. I mean, it's it's in it's in really tough company to go to. You yeah, know, and it's a cute sketch. Yeah, it's a cute sketch. It's a cute sketch. That's mm-hmm. it's very well executed. The one of the dudes that uh, plays the one that comes in as a patient, but then starts acting like the doctor is. Um, did you watch the show Justified on FX? Yep. He he played Dewey Cox. Oh right. Oh okay. On that show, and you know, of course, like all great actors on American TV shows, he's completely hiding his uh, Australian accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was Dewey Dewey Crowder. Crowder, sorry. Dewey, Dewey Crowder. Cox is the uh, John C. Riley movie. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love, but everybody, you know, we were all on board. We were all like, yeah, Dewey Cox. <laughs> <laughs> Dewey Cox. But no, Dewey Crowder. And he was like, he was so funny and su- such a uh, amazing character on that show. So that, that guy's a good actor. Let's go to documentary short subject. Now, I haven't seen, I haven't, couldn't find any of these. It was hard to find them. So, Doug, have you seen any well, of these? Well, they had, you know, shorts.tv has a program of them. And I believe they're available on iTunes starting today. And they're showing in lots of theaters. Like, they're currently showing at the Arclight here. Uh, or no, I apologize. Documentary short subject. I saw them at a theater in Denver, um, the SIE Film Center, uh, because it takes about two hours and forty minutes to watch all five of them. Because do- documentary shorts, these are like <laughs> fifty-minute films. Yeah, yeah. They're, for- they're forty. Like yeah. I think anything and over Academy, forty is considered feature length. Right. And the Academy likes longer shorts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and these so these are all uh, pretty long. Traffic Stop is on uh, HBO Go, I think, right now, and and HBO in general. And then um, uh, where did I see Knife Skills? I saw Knife Skills on the internet somehow. And uh, Heroin is on uh, Netflix. But I'll just quickly go through and tell you guys what these are because you you haven't seen them, so you just have an idea. 
Edith and Eddie is about an old couple. They're both they both have lost their um, husband and wife, uh, and then they met each other in their like late nineties. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing is about like first it shows the two of them getting along so great, and then it turns out that like the daughters of the uh, woman Edith. They have mixed feelings about one of them's fine with the fact that she's got this old boyfriend and they want to be together. And the other one wants to uh, split them up and uh, take uh, oh. Edith away to Florida. And it's just, and it's a money thing because they want to sell the house she's oh. in. And they also want to, you know, they also kind of threaten to have her, like, you know, committed or something because oh, she's so wow. old. And it's just, it, it's absolutely heartbreaking. Like, uh, I, I, I all of, all of these are have the rough moments, but that one is just like it's really, really hard. Based on it's one of those things where whenever you're watching a documentary and uh, things are going bad, you know they're going to continue get being worse. bad again yeah. or getting worse <laughs> because you know they finished the documentary. Right. You know what I mean? Like if things just suddenly were all great, right? <laughs> then then uh, how interesting short. is your movie? Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a short. So like in one case, like Knife Skills is is about a restaurant that is almost fully staffed by uh, uh, recently released prisoners. And uh, it's like some sort of program that they started to prove that they could, you know, go out and do real things and like, and they learn how to cook and, and, you know, and uh, so they have all these uh, former uh, prisoners in the, uh, in the restaurant. And then, you know, it it ends up somewhat uplifting because they, they prove that even though they, there's some recidivism, like some of them go back to prison, the, getting a job like that and figuring out what to do right, with their lives right. actually works. All right. <laughs> For anyone listening and wondering <laughs> how, how rehabilitation's pres- good. Yeah, <laughs> they don't always have to go back. Uh, and then heroin is all about this town where uh, it's, I think it's in West Virginia oh, yeah, where they follow this. around they follow around these uh, two or three different that three different fun. women that are very um, involved in trying to clean up the the heroin problem. That's one I right. saw actually because it's on Netflix. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so yeah. I and this one is like about the the opioid epidemic that's in America and how hard West Virginia has like fifty percent unemployment. It has this complete drug problem. It has contaminated water. I mean, it's it's just what West Virginia is really in a tough spot in this film really shows it on a personal on a daily level like what but they also show that it's also just uh you know it's called heroin with uh, an e in parentheses at the end because it's the, it's these women that are trying to help these right. people that are fucking strung out on heroin right. and there's a uh, there's this one church lady that goes out yeah. uh, every weekend and she knows all the prostitutes and they know her and she you know they refer to each other by name and she brings them like sack lunches and stuff and yeah. And then, uh, and then, the, sort of the main character is this woman that works with the. Uh, she's a paramedic, yeah, or like in charge of paramedics, yeah. and uh, it just shows how she is just so, uh, you know, going in and uh, finding these junkies either, either dead, which is really sad, or they find them just strung out, and she just does everything she can to to help them, and it's uh, the whole thing's uh, is pretty moving, and then there's heaven is a traffic jam on the four. Circle Five, which is how the lead, uh, the, the it's a documentary about an artist uh, who was um, uh, had a troubled childhood, was uh, molested as a child, and also uh, has uh, she's uh, like on the spectrum. She's mm. uh, she's somewhat autistic, but she makes these. Um, she's an amazing artist. 
Her uh, her name is uh, Mindy. Uh, I can't think of her last name now, but uh, and she, but she also has an interesting way of speaking, like where she'll say "scoezed," and uh, and then she'll and then she says that she likes sitting in traffic on the four circle five, which is the four hundred five freeway. Right. And uh, <clears throat> so that movie's very uh, very interesting because she's such an interesting character. I could like see that getting turned into a. Uh, you know, a, a movie with a, a really good actress uh, playing that part. Uh, so they're all, and that one's uplifting in that she kind of found, like she kind of came out of her, she's still like um, not great with people, but she's, you know, through art, she's able to, uh, uh, you know, come out into the world and be like more of a, a, a normal person. So, oh, oh, sorry, and Traffic Stop is about a, uh, you know, one of those cases where uh, cops were really physical with a woman when they pulled her over, and the movie shows the woman in her real life being an insanely compassionate teacher of children. She's like a math wow. teacher, and oh, she's wow. and she goes to dance class, and they they just show what a normal life she has, and then it's intercut with uh, uh, footage of the you know the of the incident because like they, they, they have the dash cam oh, wow. of the guy just like picking her up and throwing her down oh my and God. just being really brutal with her and she's also very resisting very much uh you know that's how it all starts is she get it's a regular route it's like a stop because she was speeding but she pulls into a parking lot gets out of the car and like starts trying to head into the building like trying to just sort of disregard that she got pulled over uh and Ooh. so they they grab her and they're really violent with her so it's one of those things where you you know uh, uh, people everyone's predisposed to a side in that kind of issue. <laughs> but it's, uh, you, could, you could argue that she was resisting arrest, but it, it, it gets pretty brutal. And then when you meet the woman and what a, uh, you know, just a nice person she is, uh, it's frustrating that just because she's black, uh, you know, she's treated that way by all these right. white cops. I don't know. Since heroin's the only one I saw, I'm going to just, that's my should will. I like all, all these subjects sound interesting to me, but I'm going to just go with. Yeah, they're, I, I think they're all good, but I just think that Edith and Eddie pack such an emotional punch um, that unless they're, you know, who knows how the, you know, all these Academy members, especially now there's an influx of new younger members and stuff. So you just don't know uh, where they, where they stand on like right. social, on social justice yeah. or, or on heroin. <laughs> But I'm 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 going should will on Edith and Eddie I think. Mm. All right, because gonna... it's so it, I can't I don't want to spoil it for you guys, but it's just one of those docs where it's like wow I can't believe they started following these people and then this series of events happen. Wow, it's really heartbreaking. So I'm gonna go with heroin, too. Oh, should I mean, will. you know it's about time you you went with heroin. Yeah, yes. Chris has been. In... <laughs> yeah, it'll um uh you know shake it up a little bit. I think it's studio. time, Chris, your suburban dad life needs to go down <laughs> in a complete fucking spiral out. I should, we should move to West Virginia. Yeah. Just why? Just because. We want dirty water and 50% unemployment. Yeah, and heroin. <laughs> yes. Now as we move into the full-length uh, movies yes. and all the things that the people did making these movies, I have to say that uh, you know there's still like eight things I haven't seen, especially in the animated and uh, foreign language and doc mm -hmm. categories. But... Um, the, you know, the fiction films that I saw this year and that got nominations, I have to say it's one of the years where I, uh, uh, agree the most with, uh, right. the, the choices. Like mm -hmm. these nine movies nominated for best picture, there's three of them that I thought were kind of boring, but I get why they're nominated for best picture. You know, like it's, 
It's a solid nine movies. I would I say think, that except I think for Phantom so- Thread. I would say, yeah, I was going to say it's a solid eight. Right, but that's the thing is it's not for us, but it's very well made. I disagree. Really? Yeah, I thought it was horrible from start to finish. Yeah. Phantom it's rough. Thread, it it's just, rough to watch. It is. It is. And are you a big There Will Be Blood fan? So, you know what? I'm I'm hit or miss on his movies. <laughs> like, I'm like, Because like, oh, okay. that one, everyone thinks that's such a masterpiece. And that, that one, to me, is a, you know, a little slow, especially the first half. Yeah, it's too long. Like, Magnolia was a great hour and a half movie, hidden inside three and a half hours. But uh, I think he's an overrated director, Paul Thomas Anderson. Uh, and Phantom Thread was unbelievably boring. Yeah, I like There Will Be Blood, and I liked Magnolia. Phantom Thread, the the trailer was boring. And, uh, <laughs> and it, it went I know, nowhere, right? It went you watch the trailer going, I can't, I'm going to sit oh. through two hours of this? Yes, yeah. Oh, and, and that's what you got. And like that trailer, I will say this about the trailer, it fully represented the film. All like right, there well, was, before we get into Best Picture, let's, let's, yes. let's yeah, go. Let's, yeah, we got way ahead do, of ourselves. Yeah, Jesus. let's do visual effects. Now we have Blade Runner, 2049, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2, Kong, Skull Island, Star Wars, The Last Jedi, and War for the Planet of the Apes. Here's the first thing that struck me about this category, is that these are all effects that are already in libraries. Like, there's no new visual effect. Like, these are all either sequels or um, or reboots. So it wasn't like like there was something incredibly new that was created, like, visually right. for yeah. these. Uh, and uh, I might be wrong about this, but I think War of the Planet of the Apes is the first time this new series of apes movies has gotten Academy recognition. Um, Aaron, can you look that up? Sure. I, I think, so, you know, so, like, that's interesting to me. Like, that yeah. makes me think, oh, maybe finally they'll give it something because... They're amazing. Because you know, every year uh, that one of these comes out, there's all this talk about why doesn't Andy Circus get a nomination just because right, it's right. a motion capture performance? And uh, why are these movies so... I mean, is it even... Uh, it's not even nominated for anything else, right? That's no, the only no, that's nomination it. it has. And uh, as far as n- new things go... Uh, the fact that so many of the characters are uh, completely CGI and that like yes. Woody Harrelson's the only live person there, or one of the few, uh, makes it closer to new. But I, I, you know, I like the effects in all these movies. But hold on a sec, Aaron. All three have been nominated for visual for effects. visual effects, yes. and right. that's probably that's their only category. And did yeah. it win in the previous two times? No. Okay. So yes, it might kind of like with uh, the third uh, Lord of the Rings is when it finally started winning awards, right? So, uh, so there's a chance there, but also that always happens I just with think... trilogies. They're like, well, we don't have to nominate this one. There's another one coming next year. Yeah, but I think also people just think they're smart and classy for uh, liking Blade Runner 2049. Right. <laughs> yeah, they're just gonna go. Oh, it didn't do well at the box office, but it was a ma- that thing. I, you know, I'll say like. I like the visual effects in all these movies. They they all were impressive to me. But as Chris said, like it's all stuff we've seen. There was nothing like, right. wow, I've never seen that before. Like the first Planet of the Apes movie and the last one were really impressive. So this one was just equally as impressive. Um, I kind of would go with my thinking is, I think I think I'm gonna. Sp- I'm going to split on this. I think War for the Planet of the Apes will win because of what the the it's they're going to finally give it a nod on the third one. And finally, this is the the best tip of the hat they'll ever give Andy Serkis. <laughs> um, I think Guardians of the Galaxy should win just because 
the space special effects that they did, that going to that crazy Kurt Russell planet, I thought that right. was that. <laughs> There's was a lot going on yeah. in that movie. That, yes. the, the sequence where uh, Yondu's uh, especially the end it was magical. Um, the scene where his arrow uh, kills all those dudes and the weight from so many different angles. Uh-huh. You see that thing shooting around. Uh, amazing sequence. Like it, it, it is front to back uh, a visual and we did treat. See that in the first. Which I was One, a little two. sad that uh, Thor Ragnarok didn't uh, didn't really register for uh, for any of these uh, right. tech categories because I thought it was uh, you know pretty cool looking and, right. and had great stuff in it. But um, yeah, I, I I think I agree with Graham. I I, I like that uh, split of should uh, Guardians but will uh, War. I'm also gonna split, but I'm gonna do War for the Planet of the Apes should because I think uh, it had some amazing effects, especially all the motion capture. But I think Blade Runner will oh. win because of what you had said, the prestige of like, well, it didn't do well at the box office. It's not nominated for anything else. Let's well, give it, it is nominated one. for uh, th- uh, three other things, so. and, and oh, I, we're going to get to one that I think it's definitely going I, to. I win. meant in the bi- in the big ones in the Best Picture director. Oh yeah, and, of course. And, uh, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. All right, that's interesting. So Mancini goes. Uh, he splits Blade Runner will with mm-hmm. a War for the Planet of the Apes should. Grandma Doug, Guardian should, war will. <laughs> Those are my headlines. Film editing is uh, right. is a, a tough one because at least three of these are movies that are uh, almost kind of about the editing. Um, but go ahead. This is uh, film editing. We have Baby Driver, Dunkirk, I, Tanya, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. I think... The only the only two movies that actually stand out for wow that was great editing are Baby Driver and Dunkirk, in my opinion. Um, and I got to give it to Dunkirk just because I was so blown away by that film. And there's so little dialogue in this movie, and yet I was I was on the edge of my seat. I know some people were like, oh, nothing happens. I was on the edge of my seat, <laughs> and and to me, one of the reasons I was on the edge of my seat because of the editing was because of the editing for yeah. sure. So. I would have liked to seen them edit together Dunkirk and The Darkest Hour because in Darkest Hour there's not enough battle stuff and in Dunkirk there's not enough discussing what the fuck is happening. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. Yeah, it's I mean, a box or, or, set, or, or watch yeah. them. Oh, I mean, back to back. I, you, I think they're both like very God, well made. A Godfather one and two where they combine them, like a new Beverly, like con, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, double bill. That's when I thing. after I saw Darkest Hour. That's exactly what I said. I said Dunkirk is the companion piece to. Yeah, I mean, they really make b- each of them uh, better, like thinking about the other. Because like right. the whole, I saw Darkest Hour second, and the whole time I was watching it, I was going, I know what they're talking about with yes. this shit about let's get these private citizens to bring their boats. Because I and just how, saw Dunkirk. And, and yeah. in Dunkirk, it worked, and here they are backing it up and saying that it worked in, uh, you know, uh, in this movie where, from the perspective of the people that made the plan. And when they're just like, well, we just have to sacrifice these soldiers, you're like, yeah, I, I remember seeing them on the beach, like, terrified going, get me the yeah. fuck out of here. And so many of them. And there, yeah. there, there, there were so many people telling Churchill, let's just let's just cut our losses and not send more in. And it's like, right. what? But there's so many we could save. So yeah, so that's uh, that's pretty cool. I, you know, I, Tanya is uh, I, like part of why I think it's part of the awards conversation is kind of how slick it is and how it's kind of almost like Scorsese kind of, uh, or uh, Paul Thomas Anderson kind of direction with a lot of uh, camera movement, a lot of 
weird, uh, you know, people turning to the camera and speaking right into it. it. Was Both break, people's perspective. It's well, very stylish. This, well, I did. It, that's not how wall. it happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and then you see the other person. Yeah, like a Rashomon kind of thing. Right. So the editing is 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 a big thing for Itania, and and then Shape of Water and Three Billboards are just you know good good movies with good editing. I, you know, but the editing, editing doesn't stand it doesn't out. Stand as out a thing. in those movies, right? But I also, agree. you just both of those movies are in line for uh, potential yeah. sweepage. Right. So that's where you get into trouble is where they just fucking hand it out all down the line to the, the, the same movies. But uh, I think Dunkirk or Baby Driver is going to win it just because those movies are uh, editing is their thing. What like can I commit you to? Those Dunkirk. movies were conceived <laughs> as these movies are yes. going to be edited right. this way. Right. That then, was part of the whole scope, the whole vision of the yeah. of both those movies was we need to cut this. The editing is really yeah. crucial. So, like in a yeah, yeah, in a weird sort of way, the editors, uh, you know, are should share the award. I mean, they always should, but in this case, they really should share it with uh, Nolan and Edgar Wright because they they just laid out these things uh, so so beautifully in the first place. So, uh, but I'm gonna go. I think Dunkirk will win, but I, I like Baby Drivers should win. Doug with a should mm. with a should baby and a will done. I'm not feeling the baby driver love on this one, mm-hmm. on the editing category. I thought it was decently edited, but it didn't stand out for me. I thought Dunkirk, the editing, and just the way the timelines were put together and were, um, like like Doug was saying, it's like the editing, uh, when they were visualizing this movie, the editing was like an integral part of it. Like, like you, you can't have this movie without superior editing. So I'm going to go should and will for Dunkirk. Oh. Interesting. All right. Production design, Beauty and the Beast. That was a live action one. Blade Runner 2049, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Shape of Water. I feel like if uh, Blade Runner doesn't win for visual effects, they'll give it to him for production design. Like I feel like it's going to get one of these technical <laughs> awards. still not there it's, yet. It's only going to get one. I hate to jump ahead, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to win cinematography because Roger Deakins, who shot it, it's his 18th or 19th nomination, and he's never won. Wow. So the combination of... Blade Runner just being like, wow, visual, wow. Mm-hmm. You know, that movie looks so cool. And then it's, you know, then the guy who shot it is just a beloved cinematographer. Who's who never, should, he is. He should who's have never a, won. He should have a half a dozen Oscars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, yeah, he's one of the best. His mantle is empty for no reason. Yeah. But let's, let, but let's go back to the production design. I say, uh, again, they're all, the production design, all of them is kind of cool. I think Darkest Hour, they, they had to light it a little too dark just to hide the makeup job. You know, to make it to make him look more natural. It's a cool looking movie, but I, I think Blade Runner has a very strong chance. But this is where I think Shape of Water yeah. is going to snag something because you know that movie. I, I got to see it again because I, there are so many things I found interesting about it. But just the the um, you know just the way everything looked and the it, it, it like had a you know a, a color palette that you don't you know you don't see uh, you know or you, you, there's very few movies these days that like kind of pick a look and and go with it the whole time and right. I thought it was really that that aspect of it was really beautifully realized and so, also production design for uh, you know period things always gets a little bump you know it's like especially costumes which we'll get to so you're saying should well on Shape of Water Doug? I think so yeah. Mm. What do you think? Chris? You know, production design on Dunkirk. Hey, <laughs> let's, let's shoot on this beach. Yeah. 
uh, we're in this airplane. Uh, so I think that uh, Blade Runner should win for production design, but I think Beauty and the Beast is going to win. Wow. Chris Mancini's I'm fucking going you. off the reservation. I'm going off the reservation, and the reason is is because Beauty and the Beast has this giant old school production design it sure does. that uh, you know the older Academy members are going to just love and eat up. So it's it's a throwback to that old school, old style building giant practical sets in a big musical. Yeah, so I think that's, that's definitely what, why it's there. You so know? I, I think that one's going to win. I yeah, I mean, I, 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 I those are all valid reasons for me. This is where Shape of Water starts. This their sweep starts here. Like I think Shape of Water is going to really clean up a lot of awards, and I think it starts with this one production design because. Dunkirk and Darkest Hour are great, but they're World War II period pieces. So you just the, not, not to not to downplay the job that production designers did, but it's like, okay, these are the photos of what these people actually wore. This is what, <laughs> so you know what I mean. Like there's yeah, the, there's right. not a lot of uh, creative. What well, I mean there is some, but there's not a lot of creative interpretation. We're not changing what the uniforms look like from World War II. Right. So whereas product whereas Shape of Water is that era, but it's a glamorized. Music stylized, stylized yeah. and then and then the creature and the dance numbers and like it's, it's what would a tank holding a creature look like in the fifties? Yeah, yeah. A, a fictional <laughs> yeah, that creature. Whole, uh, that whole facility was right. cool. The black yeah. and white dance number. I yeah. mean, that fit within that world, even though it was a fantasy. When they're when they're making love in the water and the when the bathroom is flooded. I mean, that's yeah. all that. Yeah, and he goes anyway. Goes to the car dealership, and he gets you know gets uh, the teal car or whatever. Yeah, and like it, it, it just looks cool all, all throughout. The minute you're in that when you're watching that movie, I felt like wow, I'm inside this designer's head. Like right. that to me is when I when I and and Blade Runner twenty forty nine had that for sure too, but I think this is where Guillermo the, the, this they the Academy loves Guillermo del Toro and. They should, um, and this is why. All right. Cinematography. Cinematography. As aforementioned. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I'm done with Blade, this one already. Blade we'll Runner, win. Should win Blade Runner. <laughs> uh, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Mudbound, and The Shape of Water. Now, Mudbound is interesting because it was uh, shot by a, uh, a, a black woman. Yes. Uh, so that's a uh, first uh, in that category of... Uh, First ever nominee for a, a black lady cinematographer. Also a period piece. So that's neat, but you know, how much do people know that when they're just going down their ballots? Right. I agree with. You. I think this is when Deacons finally they give the, the Academy always like if someone's been nominated a bunch, they try to make good late in their careers. Yeah, and I mean, it's not. It's it also, also looks, not throwing him a bone no, to say great. that no, it's, it is the no. it is the coolest looking movie. I mean, most, it wasn't a most Paul... frames of that movie were like art. Right. It wasn't like Paul Newman's Color of Money win where it's like, wow, this is for other work. <laughs> yeah. And it had to be, and Blade Runner 2049 had to be, yeah, men. this is, this is. Blade Runner 2049 had to recapture the first Blade Runner, but also be different. And it did that too. Like it was, it was both things at once, you know, it had the same vibe and feel, but its own visuals. It's like, it took, it took and went well. Yeah. Cause the, the, the Roger Teakins went. Okay, this is what thirty years in that future will look, will like, look like, which yeah. is so fucking awesome to do, and which is why if it does win production design, I won't be shocked or disappointed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, Chris, what are you? Are you? Uh, I, you know, I think Blade Runner should win, Ooh. but I think Dunkirk's going to get it for cinematography. I think will. Oh, Chris. Uh, but, but I think they're both amazing. Well, you know, I, I can see why Dunkirk could win because the aerial shots are amazing, the underwater yes. shots are amazing in terms of shot composition. How each frame looks. You, yeah. you were in the plane with Tom Hardy. You were. Right. With all those... You didn't even know it was Tom Hardy. Yeah. There could be a little technical category run for Dunkirk to make up for the fact that uh, it's probably not going to win in the two big categories, and then they just, you know, don't don't have any action in the uh, uh, screenplay or acting nominations. Costume design. Mm. Beauty and the Beast, Darkest Hour, Phantom Thread, The Shape of Water, (laughs) Victoria and Abdul... (laughs) Uh, I just finished Victoria and Abdul the other day, and, uh, you know, all of these are there because they're all period pieces, and they're all full of, uh, costumes, costumes, (laughs) costumes, costumes. Uh, But, um, you know, I don't even have a should-win, really, uh, opinion, other than I, uh, of all those movies, I liked Shape of Water the best. Uh, So I'll say, I'll say should Shape of Water, but will. I mean, Phantom Thread... No matter what you think about it, you can't really yeah. go. Yeah, but the costumes were shit. Yeah, you know, I mean, that <laughs> was Phantom Thread is that's literally their a thing. Phantom Thread is literally a movie about this category. Yeah, it was made. So. The movie was made to win this category, yes. and and bravo. You did so, what it. are you calling it, Doug? How you I'm s- going should for Shape of Water just because I I love it so, and and the costumes were great. But it's going to be Will uh, uh, Phantom Thread. Chris Mancini. I Same as Doug. I got to go. Uh, I, Phantom Thread, I think, is a, a lock for this just because of what it is. And should, I think, uh, Shape of Water. I'm going to go Shape of Water should Beauty and the Beast will. Ah. Right. Um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to win costume design for Chris. The reason you think it's going to win production design. Fair enough. Yeah, I can see it. They're just mm-hmm. going to go, oh, big crazy things. There's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, very, uh, there's there's very ornate costumes mm-hmm. and like yeah, and the beast himself, his outfits are real. The beast, real mm-hmm. fancy. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I, I it's just it just seems like too much of a no brainer for voters to be like uh, this this movie's about costumes I'm you know, so it's mad about dresses. I, I'm, I'm being mad I don't I'm mad at that movie that trailer made me I don't want to give Phantom Thread I just can't I just can't <laughs> acknowledge it so I'm pissed off wait so you've never s- you haven't seen Phantom Thread I saw the trailer yeah, and it offended me that's yeah the trailer I really took, does do a great job us. of showing how how uh, how dull it's going to be for yes it for, is for it some is a people perfect representation and of when the Chris film. came in and said oh yeah it's a, even duller than you would imagine it made me angry <laughs> and I hadn't even seen the movie so I can't give it anything I like to sew uh, secrets into the garments oh god for later generations oh, to Jesus. appreciate there's so too what? much movement at breakfast oh god. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's rough, but it's but it's uh, you know, there's <laughs> nothing else like it. <laughs> True. We got uh, you know, what's his name? Uh, what's the guy from uh, Radiohead that did the score? Johnny Greenwood is that his name? Uh, Am I saying it right? Um, yeah. Anyway, sure. Captain Boring. Yeah, they got him to come in and bang on a saw or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> 
He took a hammer to a saw and built nothing. All right. Uh, too much talking at breakfast. Ah. I got to say, though, I, I did think that Leslie Manville was good. She's not going to win Best Supporting Actress, but I thought she was good at uh, sitting around giving everybody the stink eye. Yeah. <laughs> if there was a category was a for stink, stink eye, eye performance. Yeah. <laughs> Makeup and hairstyling. Mm. Oh, this is this category. Darkest Sour. They always just pick three things. Yeah. I don't know why this <laughs> yeah. one always is wonderful. We only get three things. And last year, Suicide Squad won. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So it's really an odd category. <laughs> I'm yeah, just going. I'm going. Should really will on wonder, random. wonder, because the Victorian Up Tool and Darkest Hour. I mean, Darkest Hour, yes, does a good job, but I'm going to just give it to Wonder because I liked it. I liked Wonder. Yeah, I just saw that the other day, and I was really, uh, I was really impressed with. Uh, I don't think there was enough talk about how good that little kid is for having to sit that makeup. You know, you for have to hours, have that put on for hours, hours. and then be that. Uh, just like you know, uh, give such a natural performance under the circumstances. Yeah, I really, I really love that kid. Um, you know, thank. I'm glad he got out of that room, but man, his face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he should maybe, maybe he should go back. Yeah. <laughs> go back to the shed, you little weirdo. But uh, <laughs> there's too much talking at breakfast. Oh my God! I can't imagine. Uh, uh, a water bottle being on the soundtrack of a movie, but you never know with you never know with Johnny Greenwood or whatever his name is. Um, I, but here's the thing: uh, Gary Oldman's gonna win Best Actor, and so therefore it's the best makeup. All right, you know I think it, you're no. going should well on Dark Hour. I think yeah. I mean I don't have a should really. I mean Victoria and Abdul. I don't know what that's about. Like Victoria, they make her look three years older than Judy Dench actually is. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know how that got in there, but um, maybe it was the subtlety of yeah. the uh, three-year well, aging. Well, she's always going, "I'm obese," and it's like, "Well, I don't think Judy Dench is." So they put her in some sort of out, uh, you know thing underneath her clothes to make her look fatter. But they but, just give her a pillow when she her gets face an Oscar didn't nomination. Look fat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and uh, you know that makeup on Gary Oldman, it's like it's yeah. pretty flawless. It's not like you're watching. Uh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Jay Edgar, where it's just right. like uh, so distracting. And also, you know, I'm glad Kevin Spacey got scrubbed from all the money in the world because his makeup would have looked like shit. Yeah, There's no right. way he d- he looked good in old age make like real in old age makeup. Plummer and Christopher Plummer's age. real age just shows up and does it. Yeah, like I don't know why they didn't hire an old guy in the first place instead of. Fucking Kevin Spacey. But anyway, uh, yeah, so I'm going Wood Will, Should Will on Darkest Hour. Christopher yeah. Mancini. Same. All right. Mm-hmm. What'd you say? You went Wonder? I went Wonder. Yeah, it, there's a chance because it's it's uh, very uplifting, that Wonder. Yeah. Sound mixing. Sound mixing. Oh, this every year, man. The sound mixing and sound editing, it's just so interesting. I, to I have two categories back to back with virtually the same nominees. This and... is Baby Driver, Blade <laughs> Runner, Dunkirk, Shape of Water, and Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Now the mixing. Um, How is... often do they split them? It's, it's. How often is it? I think it's, it's often very the rare. same movie. It's very rare that you don't see the same movies in sound editing and sound mixing. Um, <coughs> if but I mean, even the win, even the yeah. win, I think is the same. So. This one is uh, especially for mixing, and mixing is uh, is for you know we always get this question: what's the difference between editing and mixing? Um, editing is you know what's being dropped in and where things are. Mixing is the levels of like how loud something is and when music comes in and uh, how loud music is, as opposed to effects, things like that. 
um, honestly, this is another you know place where Dunkirk really shines because it was such a a deliberate attempt with the editing to uh, manipulate the sound of what you were watching. Yeah, and again, with no with very little dialogue, you are. Uh, it's this visceral experience of what being on that beach or in that plane or what it was like. So it really, it was intense for me. Yeah. And I pe mean, people in the industry usually just say, well, the loudest movie usually wins. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, this, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the Transformers movies have been nominated, but, right. uh, but, um, it, it, it to me, it's like comes down to the same kind of fight between baby driver and Dunkirk, uh, that we had with the film, film editing is that, uh, you know, with the sound sound mixing, you know, Baby Driver, the the songs, the music is so important. It has to be mixed with all the uh, the real uh, life noises that are going on, the car chase sounds, yeah, and all yeah. that. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, those are tricky. So, I, but I, I want to do both categories at the same time since yeah. we're uh, yeah you know. sure. Uh, so I'm gonna go because I I think it's smart to pick the same movie twice. I mean, you you could get if you you know if you pick two different movies, you could you know in your Oscar pool. Uh, maybe in the in the end you'll win by one. Maybe if one right. of the two comes in, you know, you're, it's kind of a risk to vote for the same thing for both. But I think the same thing always wins for both. And I think everyone just thinks Dunkirk is. I just think they think of it as a, a technical achievement. So I think it's going to win both. Even yeah. though I would like Baby Driver to win at least one of the two, but I, I'm going to go Dunkirk on both. I got to agree with Doug again. Dunkirk yeah. on both. I, I'm. I'm I think we're all yeah we're all across the board on that one. It's mm -hmm. it's uh, Dunkirk should and will sound mixing and editing. Ed <laughs> <laughs> so original song. Um, this is Mighty River from Mudbound. <laughs> Mystery of Love. Call me by your name. Remember me, Coco. Stand up for something, Marshall. And this is me, the greatest showman. Now. Well, if you when you look at these, um, <laughs> this is it, rough, it's, it's wow. also ones that like even when you've seen the movie, sometimes I don't know if I remember that. I couldn't. Song. Uh, how, uh, how many of but these? The one that I think will win is "This Is Me" because it comes from a musical and it's uh -huh. the only nomination from uh, for a Greatest Showman, uh, and I really feel like they were kind of hoping to get a production design one, and it, they didn't show up there. So I think This Is Me is going to win. I think Remember Me should. I think it's a better song from Coco, but This Is Me will. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one because, uh, you know, Coco is so, uh, even by Pixar standards, it seems to be held up like, a, you know, it's one of the best. It uh, is. It, it's also one of those movies, too, where it wasn't, like, heavily promoted as far as, like, the story and this is what it's about and all those things. They were with a very... Um, stingy with the details of the movie, but it didn't matter. It was—it's just such a fun movie. Yeah, I think they were stingy with the details because they were worried it would turn some people off. You know, right. you could just say, "Hey, here's a new Pixar," and then once they're in it, then they uh, they relax and they're okay with the fact that it's about you know Mexican culture, uh, which they might not want to see like that. There was that movie that already came out last year or the year before. Uh, that was animated. Book with, of Life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it feels like the same mm -hmm. movie, kind of. Right. So that's probably why mm -hmm. they were quiet about it, because that movie did right. okay, but it didn't, you know, right. it wasn't D It didn't huge. do Coco numbers. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and, you know, I think you have a great point about um, people just gravitating towards uh, a, a song that's from an actual musical rather than just something, you know, stand-up for something from Marshall just plays over the end credits. And... Um, 
Same with Mighty River from Mudbound and Mystery of Love from Call Me By Your Name. I know. We didn't get Welcome to the Jungle from Jumanji here. (laughs) Original song. Has to be written for the movie, Chris. Chris really wants Guns N' Roses. I want Guns N' Roses to get the credit that they deserve. (laughs) So, Doug, what are you you doing? I'm going Will and Should for This Is Me from Greatest Showman. And and Kogo is one of the movies I haven't seen yet. So, uh, uh, you know, forgive me if I'm... And Kogo's going to win animated feature for sure. I, I I think I'm gonna go I'm gonna go I'm gonna go should will for Coco remember me all yeah. right what do you think of that it's not a bad not a bad get, thing to go with all right Chris what's original score got original score has got Dunkirk Phantom Thread The Shape of Water Star Wars The Last Jedi and three billboards outside Ebbing Missouri and I will say um, none of these movies the score stood up for me and even like. Uh, with a movie like Dunkirk, it was deliberately sparse. There wasn't a huge amount of music in that movie. Uh, That's so, why it's nominated for yes, the choice yes, to not. The choice to not use a lot of music. music. In it. What um, was one that you feel got snubbed? Was there a movie that had great music that you think uh, should have been in there this year? For score, no. Uh-uh. I actually think, to me, the one that does stand out, the score that was Shape of Water. And I this, think especially if you see it more than once, I bet you that theme would stick with you. I, I, I can't. Right. I can't sing it right now or uh, <laughs> even even really remember it, but uh, Andre, the shape <laughs> of water. But but you've got Star Wars: The Last Jedi. But you know you've it's got the John score Williams. John Williams again with a uh, a variation on the original theme that we've heard. Yeah, but I think that's before. why it got nominated because he's yeah. you know clearly extremely old and uh, you know doesn't uh, do a lot of. He he also scored the Post, which had a I, I thought mm-hmm. that had an all right score, but. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, it's the guy, the Andre Desplat, won for Shape of Water just now at the uh, Golden Globes. So, and again, just to sort of sweep Shape of Water up, uh, you know, give it a handful of awards, I, I think that's where it's going to score. So I'm going uh, should and will for Shape of Water. Chris, what are you saying? I'm going to go do? should Shape of Water, and I think will Dunkirk. Oh, listen to you! Even though it was a, a very sparse score, I think yeah. it's. I think I think Dunkirk's going to kind of sweep these other uh, categories. All, All right. right, foreign language film, a fantastic Four. woman, the insult, loveless, on body and sand, soul, soul, sand, sand, soul, whatever, <clears throat> in the square. <laughs> I have not seen any of these. Um, I've heard marketing-wise, the one I've heard the most about is the insult. Uh, and mm-hmm. I've actually seen On Body and Soul, which was a very odd movie about two people who work in a slaughterhouse. Ooh. And they each have dreams that um, they're deer and that they get together at night as deer in the dreams. So um, maybe I won't see everything. Yes. Nominated this year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but now um, the I square will say is super this. long and this has comedic elements. So that's why I think it's uh, okay. out of the running. Mm-hmm. But this the one thing I will say about as weird as that sounds, the um, actual performances in um, uh, in on body and soul of the actual people that were having the dreams like they just showed a. Uh, they did a really good job of showing these people as broken and then how mm-hmm. they would actually get together and how they would um, relate to each other. 
the weirdest part that just didn't seem to fit was the crux of the movie, where there's just these dreams of them being deer in the woods. So, <laughs> uh, but like the the rest of it, like of the actual personal interaction and the way the performances was all really solid. I'm going. I'm going to say, I'm going to say a fantastic woman's going to win. Yeah, that seems uh, like uh, just a buzz. I, I, I hear a bunch of good. Yeah, I just hear good things about it. It seems legit, you know. The, tr- um, the trailer for the insult is interesting, but I think the fantastic woman's going to win. Loveless has a ninety-three on the tomato meter, so that's pretty good. Yeah, I've heard good things about that movie. I'm going to uh, go. Should Fantastic Woman will the insult? Oh, interesting. And that is not really based <laughs> on any scientific method. I know that's the thing is I'm just going into this one with so little uh, information, um, but. I have heard great things about a fantastic woman, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna go uh, shouldn't will fantastic woman. Should will. All right, talk feature. Abacus small enough to jail. Faces faces. Icarus last man in Aleppo. Strong Island. I tell you right now. Should Abacus small enough to jail, which is about. there was one bank that got prosecuted after the 2008 crash, and it was this teeniest little Chinese bank, which showed you how much it's not how nonsense the system was. Um, but I think they'll go last men in Aleppo because that supports the uh, American imperial war machine's uh, unjust war in Syria. Graham Elwood, political <laughs> vigilante, everybody. Well, Icarus is about uh, doping. A guy uh, decides he wants to dope up to go in some uh, bike races and see see if it in- increases his performance. And then he meets the guy that was in charge of the whole uh, Russian doping scandal and uh, befriends him and sort of uh, uh, kind of helps him out when the guy... Uh, That's Icarus? The guy gets in trouble, yeah. And... Um, I haven't seen Last Man in Aleppo and Strong Island, but they are available on uh, iTunes, along, I mean on uh, Netflix, along with Icarus. So I will be seeing those soon. Uh, I don't know anything about this uh, Abacus movie. I mean, Small Enough to Jail sounds, uh, <laughs> makes it sound intense. But I think they're going to go light this time. Faces and Places, I have oh. seen, and it's delightful. Really? It's all about just people spreading the spreading love through uh, through art. They uh, it's about a famous uh, director and a uh, photographer and a young photographer and an older lady director, and they uh, travel around together, uh, meeting people in different places and taking pictures of them, and then uh, creating these uh, really fantastic uh, murals I- I- in the town where they meet these people. Is this your should will? <clears throat> it's my should will, yeah. Oh, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, you know, I wish I was more informed and seen everything in this category, uh, but just also based on the, um, just what people say about it. It's just very, it's just, it's just fun to watch a documentary that's actually fun and heartwarming through, right. throughout. Like, there's not a lot of sad parts. Chris, what are you going to do? Well, just judging from just what you guys have said, I'm going to go uh, should will on Faces Places. I think they might go a little lighter, too. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you just don't – it's just hard to know where, where, where they're going to go. And, I, like, I don't know what Strong Island's about. I mean, it sounds sounds like it's a place where – Well, there's this people island. People are very strong. Yeah, and it's strong. Yes. And they mm-hmm. live, uh, you know, 
kind of isolated. They're, they're, surra- they're surrounded by water. <laughs> like Venice Beach. Right? But they're not, they're not strong enough to uh, swim somewhere better. More apparently. like Catalina. <laughs> yeah. Uh, animated feature, we have The Boss Baby, The Breadwinner, Coco, Ferdinand, and Loving Vincent. This is another one of those categories where if you make an animated feature film... Uh, that year, it chances tends to are be, it's going to be nominated. It tends to be. I'm a little pissed Lego Batman didn't get in there. Uh, <laughs> uh, especially over uh, fucking Ferdinand is just about this stupid bull that doesn't want to doesn't want to fight. Well, it's also was it was an old uh, Disney short cartoon. Disney short. Yeah, yeah. yeah they mm-hmm. they covered it perfectly in a short. I right. like flowers, not fighting. Thanks right. for coming by, Ferdinand. Yeah. Uh, this one they really drag it out. I mean, it's not terrible. I mean, can you imagine the pitch? Well, it's an animated John Cena vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> and the Boss Baby, it, you know, is not as bad as you'd imagine it's going to be. But that's why you give something an award for not being as bad as it could have been. Boss you know? Baby. <laughs> I honestly thought I would be the only one in the room that has seen it. But I saw uh, it, yeah. you saw it. Yeah. <laughs> it was one of those movies where it's different I, than what you expect, kind of. It's different, and also it's like, well, I have children, so I was going to see this movie, and you know what? It wasn't <laughs> a bad kids movie. It's very, like, um, uh, uh, even though it takes place just in a house with a baby and an older brother, it's very actiony. Right. It's got a lot of action, mm-hmm. and you know, and uh, uh, it's and it's very colorful, and but. It was. Average. I just never was, completely was, bought into the premise of why is this fucking baby talking. Honestly, it, it's it's. <laughs> it's just an excuse to get Alec Baldwin to talk yeah, like. I yeah. guess so, but uh, they also didn't. It's the a, baby doesn't look enough. Like they should have made him look more like Alec Baldwin. It's an average animated movie at best. <laughs> you know how Pixar like they get famous people to be the voices, but they they're so perfectly cast, and just because he's got like a gruff, it, it's weird because I love him on Thirty Rock, right? But there's just something about. Him being the voice of the baby is really the least interesting thing about the baby, and that and that's how they marketed it. Pretty much, I or, mean, or it was at least him the, in all the commercials. It does. It's not the, the movie's not like I, you know. Uh, I just feel like nothing could have been is, better. Yeah, I don't. I feel like Coco was just head and shoulders above all of this. It's, yeah, yeah. I, and I, I again, I haven't seen Coco, but uh, Loving Vincent, I guess, is a very beautiful to look at because it's a lot of uh, now, Vincent, Vincent Van Gogh. Yeah, I, I saw like a um, almost like a like a DVD extra on it already, like on YouTube. Uh-huh. And they went through like the way the movie was actually made. And uh, the frames were actually painted like the, you know, like his paintings. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can and imagine. they move. Yeah, how long that must have taken. But here's the thing. Then when they would show the images all together and like how the movie was put together, it like started giving me a headache. So it <laughs> wow. was just the way the animation was put together. I'm like, I... Um, I did. I didn't. And, uh, I, it, I could appreciate it, but I didn't like it. And you guys don't know anything about the breadwinner. No, I saw the breadwinner. Oh, you did because it's did. on Netflix. Yes, and it was if you want a depressing animated movie, that's watch the one. The breadwinner. Okay. Yeah. So is everybody so, going should will with Coco? So, mm-hmm. but I want to say one thing about the breadwinner is uh, Hot if, Coco. if you uh, <laughs> if if you were curious to uh, or if you've forgotten how horrible the Taliban is and you want to see it in animated form, right? You could definitely check it. Looked out. Like. Uh, <laughs> I'm being mean to children with big eyes, it's big sad <laughs> eyes. Like it, it wasn't Grave of the Fireflies, depressing, but it was close. It was, uh, it was that kind of like animated movie. But the thing about it was, was it wasn't like, uh, like there wasn't anything groundbreaking about about the animation itself. Like it was pretty traditionally put together right, as far as right. an animated movie. Yeah. It was just you know, depressing and showed another part of the world and what went on and the Taliban can take you out of your home. And, you know, if you're a woman, you can't be outside. Um, 
without a husband or a brother, or you're going to get beaten, and chances are your family's going to starve. So it is not a happy animated movie. All right. All. I'm going to try to watch it. Stop telling me not to. <laughs> so, but I, I think Coco was amazing. I really liked it. The thing about Coco, too, was that it takes you in places you, you wouldn't expect. Like, it's definitely about Day of the Dead and how the boy goes into the, the world of uh, the Day of the Dead. But it, it also... The thing I love about Pixar movies is they know that you know. Like, when you're watching the movie, like, what do you think is going to happen? Like, we know what you think is going to happen, so we're going to go this way instead. Mm -hmm. So, And that happened with Coco for sure. So I'm going to go should Will for Coco. Adapted screenplay, Call Me By Your Name, The Disaster Artist, Logan, Molly's Game, Mudbound. I don't know. None of these screenplays jump out at me. Well, I just, uh, I am, you know, Logan's on uh, HBO currently, so I just sit and watch it in hotel rooms uh, all, all the time. I, I, I love that movie. I love that uh, that it got this attention, you yes. know, that it got a nomination. Is that, that's, that's, Which is cool. Cause that's they... its win, you know. Mm -hmm. But the fact that Call Me By Your Name is the only movie of the five that's even nominated for Best Picture uh, gives it pretty much the 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 leg up and and just for the um, Michael Stuhlbarg uh, monologue alone, uh, you know, people think it should win uh, in this category. I I, I yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree. Like Logan, I'm glad. I was really happy to see. It uh, yeah, here too. I'm glad, and yeah. and I think that's that that's it. The Academy was like. This is the most we'll give for one of your little comic book movies. Right, I know, because everybody was sort of pushing for Patrick Stewart for Sporting Actor, which I would have, uh, you know, completely supported. But, you know, the five people they did nominate are all pretty uh, pretty great, too. So it's not like, uh, you know, it's hard to say that he got snubbed, but uh, but he was definitely somebody I, mean, I, was, I was hoping would be in there. I like Disaster Artist. I like Molly's Game. Mudbound was a little slow. Um but for me, I think I have to go I, I, Logan should win, and I think Call Me By Your Name will win. Yeah, that's, I thought the that's worst me. part about Mudbound was the adapt adaptation of right. the way it was uh, adapted from the book. Um, the, the, I thought it had real oh, structural problems. We got some problems. sort of book reader over here. <laughs> but uh, as far as Logan, I'm happy to see it there. I think it should, but I think Call Me By Your Name will. Yeah, that seems like that's one of the more of a more of a lock. I think I think the original screenplay is uh is a tricky one. All right. Now original we go to original. Play. What do you got there, buddy? Read we've, it. We up. got uh, The Big Sick, we've got Get Out, we've got Lady Bird, we've got The Shape of Water, and we've got three billboards outside Epping, Missouri. This is a tough category. It's uh, they're so all tough. great scripts. Mm -hmm. They're yeah. all fantastic scripts. I think for for me personally, three billboards is the weakest of <clears throat> of the five. Um uh, Big Sick is I really liked it and it's of course people we know which is cool Get Out we've talked about how inventive that movie is I, I'm wondering if like this is the award that Get Out's gonna win it just feels like if you're going down the ballot you want and you love that movie first of all you've only got two places you can give it an award or three places uh, where you can or four I apologize uh, <laughs> there's four different places where they could give it an award, but, uh, you know, uh, best picture and best director just seems like, uh, it just doesn't seem like that's going to happen. And, um, and we know it's tough for horror movies to win those categories. And then we know that, uh, for, for best actress, uh, I mean, for best actor, no. uh, that's going to be, I mean, that's a fucking tough category, but also it's got, you know, Gary Oldman's a done deal over there. So that being said, 
you know, I, I like that my friends made the big sick. Uh, so that's, uh, you know, makes me biased for that's what I would want to win. Uh, but yeah, this is just, uh, this is just rough because there's movies here between Get Out, Lady Bird, Shape of Water, and Abbey, Missouri. This is my, the only, you know, all of those movies, this could be the only one they might win. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, Ebbing, Missouri is obviously going to win acting awards. And, um, but Lady Bird could end up getting shut out completely. And it's so good. I really like Lady Bird, but in terms of an original, it's, it's something we've talked about. I like Lady Bird, but it's like the coming. There's no of, new ideas. It's just very well yeah, it's, uh, realized. Yeah. It's a, it's right. a, it, we're executing the teen coming of age story very well. Whereas, an original idea is Shape of Water or Get Out. Yeah, those are both. Right. Uh, and obviously, Big Sick is original because it happened to them. And there's some sort of uh, I don't I didn't go down the rabbit hole of trying to follow the details, but somebody's accusing uh, Guillermo del Toro of stealing. Like, there's some sort of plagiarism argument about that Shape just of Water. Came out. Yeah, it was. Do like you know some, what it was? Some kind of old play from the '60s or some, <laughs> some weird obscure yeah, lawsuit. That like yeah. you know. Uh, it wasn't like some graphic novel that came out a year ago. It yeah, was, so I don't think some... that's going to hurt him that much, but I also don't think that screenplay is like the number one, like there's so many other places where that movie can win. So I'm going to say they're going to... Uh, uh, and, and and I loved Get Out, so I'm going to say will and should for Get Out. I'm saying it. I'm going to go Shape of Water should Get Out will. I think I'm going to have to go with what Chris said. I'm going to go Shape of Water... This is tough because if 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 Big Sick Get Out or Late or Shape of Water, any of the three, one of those wins, I'm like they really deserved it. Lady Bird and Three Billboards are are okay, but I think those three are the the superior ones of the. Well, also the interesting thing about Three Billboards is that Martin McDonough, uh, like previously, uh, he, uh, you know, the other thing that he got nominated for was um, writing in Bruges, which I think that movie. Uh, that year deserved to win. Um, so he's really, you know, people really think of him as a writer first rather than a, a filmmaker. That's possibly why he didn't make the top five for uh, best director, which is another interesting thing. There's so many, uh, no matter what movie wins best picture, it's going to upset some sort of uh, longstanding uh, sort of like rule of the, uh, of what typically happens at the Oscars, you know, because like, like the best picture, best director split seems almost inevitable. Right, that the same thing won't win both, but you never know. It could, could both of them could go to Shape of Water, but uh, so are we all in on screenplay? Do we all let say? Me, it? Let me say, I, I'm gonna go. I'm actually gonna go. Get out. Should Shape of Water will? Oh, swapping it. I'm a swip swappy okay. actor in a supporting role. We've got Willem Dafoe of The Florida Project, Woody Harrelson, Three Billboards, Richard Jenkins, Shape of Water, Christopher Plummer, All the Money in the World, and Sam Rockwell, Three Billboards. Me personally, as I've said, I think Woody, Three Billboards was okay, but it was too uneven. And I think Woody Harrelson and Sam Rockwell, while they're actors that I like, I think they were a little too... Part of the problem with the movie is the unevenness of those characters in the seriousness of this intense story. And it's not that those guys are bad actors. I think the script limited their what they could do, and they did the best with it. So I, I just have to eliminate the two of them personally, and because I, I think Willem Dafoe in Florida Project, which I just saw last night, he does a great, very understated role. Um, and Christopher Plummer's amazing. And, yeah, and but it Jenkins. feels like they gave him the nomination just for being the hero of coming in and, 
scrubbing Kevin Spacey and, right. and doing it so well. That's I mean, definitely a fact. For a supporting for sure. role, he has a lot of lines that they had to shoot over like whatever, you know, 10 days or whatever they did right. it in. I mean, he's an, he's an amazing actor. There's no getting around that. But, but also, uh, that movie's just not that great. Uh, I I didn't think I I wasn't a big fan. The best scenes though are his, for sure, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Um, but also like he's just it's unfortunate that it, Getty was kind of such a one note asshole, right? You know what I mean? Like that finally when Mark Wahlberg yells at him, he gets to kind of uh, you know have a bit of a change of heart that you don't necessarily see. He has to act right. it without right. showing. So it's a uh, it, it's an amazing performance under the circumstances, and I wish I wish it were possible to see. Of the same scenes with Kevin Spacey, just to see it, you know, just to see Someone's like somebody's got him in some stupid old age makeup, uh, <laughs> you know, acting so, like such an asshole. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I, I go should for Willem Dafoe, uh, but it's gonna be Sam Rockwell because he's just he's winning everywhere. Sam Rockwell's always been great all the time in everything he's done, and you know, finally uh, deserves some recognition. I got to go with Doug again here. Uh, should Willem Dafoe, but I think Sam Rockwell's going to pull it out for a win. Yeah, I love Sam Rockwell. I just can't I can't do it. I'm going to go <laughs> I'm going to I'm I'm going to go Chris Frumler should will. Okay. I'm going to just I'm going to just go all in on that guy. All right. I think I think the That's short notice thing is what pushes him over the top. Actress in a supporting role, Mary J. Blige for Mudbound, Allison Janney, I, Tanya, Leslie Manville, Phantom Thread, Laurie Metcalf, Lady Bird, Octavia Spencer, Shape of Water. Can I back up just for a second? Yes, sir. Yes. Christopher Plummer has an Oscar. If he did not have one, I'd be all with you. Oh. That like, oh, now we can give it to him finally, but he's already got one for uh, beginners. So uh, Valid point. Uh, so that's why I still feel like Sam's going to take it. Hmm. Now let's talk. You know what? Let's skip the ladies. Who cares about them? <laughs> Actor in a. <laughs> um, these are uh, they're they're all really good in in they're their roles solid. for sure. And um, you know, Mary J. Blige sort of gets the we're impressed because she's not an actress sort right. of position. You know, which is you know good for her. She she uh, is really good in that movie, but. Um, it's Allison Janney. I think Allison Janney just just so. just from uh, how much she's been winning. I I love Laurie Metcalf, and I I think it's really I think cool it's between, that she's in there. But I think it's between those two for really. sure. For sure, it's Allison. And uh, yeah, Octavia Spencer Martin. does a good job, but it's it's kind of standard. I was Octavia disappointed Spencer. Holly Hunter wasn't in there for Big Sick. I thought she was great. In yeah, that. but uh, of these that they did go with, I I, I say should and will Allison Janney. Chris, same. Yep, Allison Janney. It's an across the board. Doug Chris Graham <laughs> should will. <laughs> Yeah, if that doesn't happen, the earth's going to open up. And and Octavia Spencer's going to win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, she already has one. That's, yeah, she that's does. That's the other thing that holds her Was back it Hidden Figures she won? Uh, no, she won for The Help. The Help, right. Actor in a leading role. I think. Role. I'm not positive. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We got yeah, that's confirming. Yeah. Timothy Charavonet. <laughs> <laughs> Call me Finally, by. something Graham can't pronounce. <laughs> There's always something. Chalabay, yeah. Chalabay. Call me by your name. Daniel De Luis, Phantom yeah. Thread. <laughs> Daniel uh, Kalua, Get Out. Gary Oldman, Darkest Hour. Denzel Washington, Roman J. Israel, Esquire. I think we're all in agreement on this one. It's it's Gary Oldman. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think uh, all of those actors did a great job, and but you know, two of them are super young, so they'll be back. And Daniel Day Lewis and Denzel have both won already, so yeah. 
Yep. And Oldman's a guy that's been close. He's knocked on the door a little bit. Tinker yeah, Taylor, I think. That's I've the known. only other nomination. This is only his second nomination. He's been like amazing since amazing. like Sid Nancy. Sid Nancy, or, he's right. been amazing. He's yeah. amazing. He's amazing. I just rewatched all of the dark the Nolan Dark Knight films. He's amazing he's as great Commissioner in those Gordon. Too. He's yeah. such a good commi- Commissioner mm-hmm. Gordon. Um all right. Actress in a leading role. We have Sally Hawkins, Shape of Water, Francis McDormand. Uh, three billboards. <laughs> Dormand. Margot um, Rabai. Mar- Margot Rabai. I, Tanya. Shusha. Hey. Ronan. Shusha Ronanan. Uh, and uh, Meryl Streep. Yeah, fucking Meryl Streep. <laughs> uh, Sally Hawkins. I mean, right? The, the she sh- is just. Uh, I've she's always fantastic. loved Sally Hawkins, but she is so good in that movie, but she's not. Uh, she hasn't been winning any of the awards lately. You know, it's everything's going to Frances McDormand, and Frances McDormand is such a delight to watch, except an award. You know, because right. she's such a loose cannon. Uh, uh, so it just feels like but she's been. You know what though? Wasn't it last year that the Golden Globes, uh, the Oscars, went a little astray from the Golden Globes in terms of? They might have, and it does happen, but it's just such a. Um, I mean, I know, I know. The Merle, dry run, you know, you get to see her. I'm, I'll tell you, and Meryl give Streep, a nutty acceptance speech a few times, and you get into it. Yeah, it's and Meryl Streep gets nominated whenever she's in a movie. It doesn't even matter. She's always an instant nomination. She is so good in this movie, but there's no, there's no. Uh, she doesn't have some crazy accent. She doesn't have no. like she doesn't have scenes where she even cries. She just always looks very concerned and worried. And they're great. Her and Tom Hanks are both great. But like you know, and they were talking Tom Hanks for leading role uh, possibility for a nomination. But they're both but almost the, too good for their and also for their own like good. It, like <laughs> I, I, honestly, <laughs> like, watching when I was watching the post, I really felt like it was watching just Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks at work. Like it really, <laughs> did, it really didn't even feel like this is an amazing performance. These are them just going to work. They're so yeah. good at what they do yeah. that they yeah. they never phone it in. It's always like, impressive. It, it's good, but it wasn't like oh, this is an Oscar. It starts with that great scene where the, with the, just the two of them sitting in the restaurant, and uh, you know it's just one long scene because like the rest of the movie, all everything moves pretty quickly and it's mm. tightly edited. But that scene's like just really luxuriating in the fact that Tom Hanks and, and, and Meryl Streep are you know working together for the first time. So what do we so think? What, do you, what are we doing? Uh, I th- I think <laughs> I think uh, we should get some pizza. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think Sally Hawkins should. I think uh, Francis. Is gonna pull She's it off. She's just steamrolling uh, it, you know. It just it, for it will. seems like it's a foregone conclusion. But I do love me some Sally Hawkins, so I'm saying should Sally Hawkins will Francis McDormand? I'm should will across the board. Sal Hawk, book <coughs> mm. <Hook> it. <laughs> director, That's, I'd be happy to lose, you know, for her to win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would be good. Uh, director, we have Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk, Jordan Peele, Get Out, Greta Gerwig, Lady Bird, Paul Thomas Anderson, Phantom Thread, Guillermo uh, <laughs> del Toro, Shape of Water. <laughs> so I think that we're going to get into this one and Best Picture, where I think, Doug, you're right. I think it's going to split. I think Best Director and Best Picture are uh, are going to split. <coughs> I think, yeah, this is really interesting because I think it's going to come down. This is this is where they're going to split between Nolan and Guillermo del Toro. I think so, too. I think Jordan Peele is, they do, they're doing that thing of young first-timer. We're giving you a... We're Nomination, giving, we're, just don't expect anything. Yeah, thank <laughs> you. You're lucky you're here kind of yes. kid. You're going to be sitting in the back. Yeah, but but we're going to, we're going to, you'll be back mm-hmm. is sort of the like... Just enjoy the nomination and you'll be back is 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 his win. 
So I don't know. I think... Boy, this is tough because I think... It's real tough. I mean, I feel like my opinion about it is going to change over the next, uh, you know, few days and over the weekend. And even before they open the envelope. I mean, it, right before it opens, I'm going to be like, I want to switch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it's just... It's really tricky, but I, just to cover my ass and maybe hopefully get 17 or 18 out of 24, because that always seems to be like on the successful end of these sort of pools. Um, I'm going to go director Del Toro, but then with the split, I'm going to give best picture to three billboards. Really? Because mm-hmm. mm. it's had a lot of, you know, momentum. Uh, throughout the uh, award season and in an award season where people are, um, you know, split. Like it's the most, you know, when they announce these nine nominees for Best Picture, it's the most like, wow, any of those could be called Best Picture. Like there's not one, you know, what was that football movie with Sandra Bullock that one year? Blindside. Yeah. Like you just knew that didn't really have any business there. Hmm. So I'm going to go should and will for director Guillermo del Toro, but I'm going to go for best picture should Dunkirk, but I think Doug's right. I think three billboards is going to win for best picture. Yeah. And for my should on best picture, I, I would, I, I think, I think I like shape of water the best. All right. So, so, so let me get this. Let me break this down, please. <laughs> I've got Chris Mancini as a should will for Guillermo del Toro best director. Doug, yes. is that your? Are you should willing a Shape of Water best director? Yeah, yeah, that's a should will. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go der- best director. My should is a man by the name of Christopher Nolan. I think Guillermo del Toro will, which I'm okay with that. Best picture. Son of a bitch. Yeah, I feel like Doug. Like, I feel like I feel like I'm gonna change. You're my deliberating. Mind. I'm gonna change my mind. I'm gonna look at this when we do the live feed Sunday and go, and fuck. Go, what, no, maybe, no, no, no. <laughs> um I think Shape of Water wins best director. I you know what I'm gonna do? I'm for 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 best picture. The movie that moved me the most, that affected me the most personally, emotionally, and physically was Dunkirk. So I'm gonna just go. I'm gonna go Shudwell on that. I know I stand alone, and I know probably something else is gonna win, but I'm I'm going with my emotional gut reaction from what what I when I but walked that's out of the where thing. If people enough. that are voting emotionally aren't gonna vote for Dunkirk because it's not it's not easily accessible as as an emotional experience. And everybody voting for Best Picture, it's a preferential ballot, so they all have to pick. The one, first thing you do is say what your number one is, and then that, that's how they, uh, you know, divvy it up uh, based on uh, percentage of uh, people that give it the number I one slot. That. So which movie are the people the most passionate about, which is why, to me, it comes down to Shape of Water and Three Billboards. And then I just think Three Billboards... You know, especially if you're a white person, you feel pretty satisfied at the end that, you know, oh, racism's been fixed. 
<laughs> the Sam Rockwell character a, is no longer racist. By so, a car ride. So we've all learned yeah. something yeah. here. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't we're know why. We're solving murders. <laughs> it's just been an interesting and, um, momentum situation. And also, um, if Shape of Water manages to win Best Picture, it will be the first time in like 22 years that a movie went on to win the Best Picture Oscar without having been nominated for Best Cast by the SAG Awards. It didn't make the top five for SAG, and the winner for SAG was three billboards, and that tends to be what happens, is that the uh, winner there at SAG goes on to win uh, Best Picture. Hmm. Because there are more acting members in the Academy than any other branch. Even with the changes? Yeah, I think so. Hmm. Yeah. Well, guys, that's, <laughs> that's we've, our give, we've given you we everything for the ballot. We put it all out there. Yeah. Um, at, so <laughs> do what you got to do now. <laughs> make your choices. <laughs> so uh, we, we're doing this for the first time ever. So at the Oscars, we're going to be here at ATC. Yes. Live. live streaming it on the YouTube channel. So if you go to youtube.com slash comedy film nerds, that's where we'll be. You can, you can send in your comments. Now they haven't monetized our channel. So, Normally, I would say do like what you do. Uh, you can hit the super chat button. So we that will be grayed out. That will be grayed <laughs> out. So what you can do is is go to the Comedy Film Nerds store and do the donate button. So if you do a yes. dollar to five dollars, we will be watching that in real time. And then in the comments section, you put your question. So what oh, we do is we pay have, a buck to ask a question. Yep. Yeah, and uh, give if, the monkey some money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In the Comedy Film Nerd <laughs> store, there is a custom donation. You can put whatever you want in. Then there's a customer notes section. Type your comment there, and we will get it in real time, and we will read it on the air. So, guys, join us at uh, youtube.com slash comedy film nerds for uh, – we will start – Right before the awards, we won't do any red carpet stuff, but we will be here in ATC so you can watch us live. And then uh, you can also uh, type in questions and comments and jokes and stuff like that. If yes. you pay, if you do the donation, we will absolutely read your name and your joke or your whatever on the air. Mm-hmm. Unless it's like you're a clan member, then we'll block yes. you. Um, <laughs> but we'll still take your money. We'll still take your money. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, so join us for. Maybe a, they won't be a clan member by the time it's all done. Yeah, maybe they'll maybe switch they'll it up. Maybe they'll be pull like Sam, Sam Rockwell. Rockwell yeah. and they'll learn their lessons, find their mm-hmm. hearts. But yeah, join us for the Oscars, you guys. Uh, Doug, what do you doing? That sounds super fun. That's going to be really cool. Uh, the next Doug Loves Movies is uh, Tuesday, March 6th in New Orleans at a place Ooh. called Cafe Istanbul. Big easy. And then all of my dates uh, coming up are at. Uh, Used to be Cafe in Constantinople? Yep. <laughs> Thanks. They might be giants. Um, <laughs> Douglasmovies.com is where all my uh, dates and deets. What are you doing for the Oscars? Don't have a plan, really. I mean, I I, I don't think I'll donate to talk to you guys, but I, <laughs> I, I, I think it would be fun to, you know, if I end up watching it at home, to, to have you guys on on the computer there. Uh, alongside it, I think that's a that's a great idea. Yeah, try, if you type anything in, we'll pr- read it. You don't have to pay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, we'll give you a discount. We'll oh, try to okay. bump you to the top of the yeah, list. <laughs> discount for the donation. Um, but yeah, that, uh, or I guess I could just text you if I have something I need you to say. But uh, yeah, yeah, text me. <laughs> but that'll be uh, that's a a fun thing you're doing, and this is a cool uh, facility. So, yeah. Uh, so I'm into it. We love it. 
So guys, uh, thank you. This is 408 Oscar Shouldwill preview. We hope this helps give you some information for your office we hope, pools. We hope you guys win some money. Win yeah. it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we hope you fill out your wills. Yeah, fill out your should wills. <laughs> your should wills. <laughs> and it's important to have a will. If, you should. If you win, uh, <laughs> donate to us on the Oscars. Yes. <laughs> uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, I mean, uh, how can people pay it back to you after they win the office pool? Go yeah. to that donation button. Donate, that, yep. that thing's always hot and lively. Yeah, it's yeah. hot and live. Yep. We'll take that yep. Monday morning. 24-7. That doesn't go down. Okay. The, uh, the uh, custom donation in the cart is always up. Love 24/7. it. 24-7. Yeah, so go to the um, the Comedy Film Nerds YouTube page and hit the subscribe button. And then right next to it is a bell button. That's Hit that because then you'll be notified right before we go live. We're going to start doing more of these live interactive things. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, go subscribe right now, youtube.com slash comedy film nerds. Thank you, Doug Benson, for coming to the ATC World Thanks Headquarters. Thanks for having me. It's a yearly event I look forward to. <laughs> yes. Happy we'll, to have you. We'll see you in 2019, pal. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember... Han shot first. Should and will see you Sunday. Oh, yeah. Yeah.